Happy Halloween. Quick poll question. How many times have you watched Hocus Pocus this season? Ooh, that's that's a good one. You're probably like at five. Yep. Yeah, I'm like at three, I think. Yeah, Kennedy really loves it. She does. So I usually just put it on because it entertains her. Yeah. That's obviously fun. Did you hear that squeak? That's the dog. That was Aiden. (laughs) He wanted to be on the show. So we're going to do the fuck of the week just a little bit differently today for because we want to be like it's whatever. It's 2020. We can do what we want at this point. Uh, we're going to do a future fuck of the week, something we're looking forward to. Yes. Or not looking forward to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one in mind? Uh, yes. Um, mine is that uh I'm ready for Tuesday. I'm looking forward to Tuesday. I'm also <laughs> stressing the fuck out about Tuesday. Mine's also related to Tuesday. But um, it's, we'll get into it, but I'm looking forward to Tuesday. Mine is upon the hopeful win that I really hope for. I'm excited for champagne. We bought champagne just for the win. And I'm going to be a little sad and I'm going to be a little fuck sad. <laughs> I'm going to actually, I'm going to be a really fuck sad if. Mr. Biden doesn't take home the big W, but yeah. <clears throat> if he does, I'm excited. We bought just we bought a sh- bottle of champagne just for this hopeful win, and if not, it's gonna have to stay chilled for a while. <sighs> <laughs> so with that, um, if you're if you are worn out of politics, then I guess you don't need to listen to the rest of this episode. Um, but we thought, given uh, our position here in Iowa, um, our role is gay parents and or parents. Um, and the fact that I kind of geek out over all this, that it might be a fun episode. We posted uh, the opportunity for our followers to ask some questions and we got some responses. So we'll answer those um, and just talk generally about our feelings going into November 3rd, 2020, right after the break. Hey everybody, Steve here. Um, we are so excited to launch uh, Brooke and Co. I know we've talked about that in the past, but um, you know these are t-shirts that we are really, really passionate about. Um, they, they are super comfortable. They wash well. They wear well. They can take you from running around town with the kids to dinner with your friends when we can go back and do that again. Um, and so, uh, just to make sure you guys are able to try them, I wanted to give you guys a discount code. So head to brookandco.com and enter the code MANTRA, and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, Like I said, it is MANTRA, M-A-N-T-R-A, and you'll get 10% off of your entire order. And you know what? If you try them, please reach out. Let us know what you think, how comfortable you are, what you love about it, and uh, enjoy. Thanks, guys. So we're back, um, and... Richard has lived in Iowa probably a lot of his life. I won't say most, like all of his life, but a lot of it. Um, I've only been here for six Six years years. now. Um, And so, I mean, I think it'd be helpful, like if you, for those who aren't from here, to tell them like what, what is so special about this damn state in terms of this, any election really. Yeah. yeah. So um, on the national level, we obviously play a role, at least we played a role um, in the timing of the Iowa caucus. 
And let's just pretend that the voting fiasco that happened in 2020 hadn't happened and it all kind of went perfectly, right? Um, the reason that uh, well, you can go back to the 19, I think it's 1976 when Iowa became a national player kind of by accident, but from a pure um, data standpoint in terms of why Iowa is important, um, we produce, we are the world's leading producer of corn, world. Um, yeah, the, lead, the world's most delicious corn. Yes. Um, we also produce, I believe, the most pork, at least in the country. Um, that sounds right. Most chicken eggs, I believe, as well. Um, we're, really, we're pretty high on that level as well. Um, we, um, outside of agriculture, which is not everything we do, um, we have the fields to do it, we have the soil to do it, um, but we also house um, many um, national and international financial firms. We host a, a lot of startup, uh, especially fintech, um, both in the, in the insurance space and the payment processing space. There's actually two major um, financial uh, fintechs here in town. Take that back three. There's one that's publicly traded that was started here in Iowa. If you've heard of Workiva, um, they're, they're based in Ames, Iowa. Um, major manufacturing, John Deere, um, Couple more that you probably know are based here in Iowa or, or have some some ground here. So there's actually several yeah. that I could just riddle off yeah. just from work, but I don't want to necessarily yep. reveal too much. Pr- so. Principal Financial is based here in Des Moines. They're an international financial firm. So like, yes, we are not New York City. We are not. We don't have a major tourist. We're not Florida, but we're not inconsequential when you talk about the the nation's economy. We have some of the nation's best public schools. Um, a great med school, a great law school, a uh, great teaching school. So, like, we kind of run the gamut. So we are educated and we're also not educated. Um, I would say, though, that Iowa is, on, on the whole, there are pockets, but I think on the, on the whole they are very Caucasian. Yeah, it's 90, I think 90% white. So I think when it comes to racial things, it's yeah. hard to necessarily, and I don't necessarily mean this like Iowa is shit, but, like, <laughs> it's hard to necessarily put a lot of value in racial issues within Iowa yeah. just because we're so skewed to the Caucasian. Yeah. We, miss, we yeah, we're definitely not diverse on that level. And that was one of the pushbacks during the caucus that it's not representative of the country. And I, I acknowledge that from a race perspective, we are not, um, we are rap that's rapidly changing. Um, it's funny. I was just talking to a coworker. Was I yesterday? Um, and she's from a little town called storm Lake. Storm I think Lake, is what it's yeah. called. Um, which is like uh, northeastern Iowa. It's like up by the Okoboji area, if you're familiar. Um, and she is she's um, probably in her mid to late 40s, and she's uh, she's from there. And she was like, "That is one of those small pockets of Iowa that it's you're actually kind of an outcast a little bit yeah. if you're white." Yeah. She's like, "It's it is seriously um, like." She was talking about Cubans and African Americans, <laughs> and obviously a lot of Hispanics there. And she was like, "So unless people know you and you're and you're white, but if you like, it's fine. But like if you were to go into town and you're a white person, you'd probably get looks because yeah. it's it's a very mixed race yeah. town." I w- I will say that uh, if you do remember back to the Iowa caucus this last time around, um, Pete Buttigieg was the one who won the Iowa caucus. So we're we're while we are. Pretty straight, and we're pretty white. We, on the Democratic side um, and or the Independent side, um, are pretty open-minded. If you think back to two thousand and eight, this is the state that 
completely propelled Barack Obama's rise to the nomination, um, and then eventually, you know, him winning the presidency. So um, while we, yes, we are ninety percent white, we are not only like, we're very open to. Well, it was People. the, it was the first mean, state to legalize gay marriage. First state to no, we were not. We you weren't. No, I believe Mas- I think Massachusetts beat us. Okay, well, in the top two or three. But I mean, you, you go back through history, and we were the, we were the first state to allow um, to to um, from a from a legislative standpoint desegregate our schools. Like the courts didn't have to tell us to desegregate our schools. Um, I believe we were, had like the first. Um, woman on the Supreme Court, or like they've always been on like the leading edge of civil rights, even when it's not pretty. But they've, you know, we mm-hmm. had marriage here in fifteen. Our mar- our marriage? No, when did when did? Oh, that was the nat- when did? I know Iowa passed it in like in, in two thousand eight, eight or nine. The yeah. court did, yeah, <clears throat> and it took years for the country to catch up. I mean, even. Some people will argue with this, but Pete Buttigieg won the the caucus here. Yeah. Um, we won't get into that because I'll get pissed. <laughs> but, I mean, even I think just the significance of... Um, so, sometimes Iowa is... Depending on who you talk to, it's a swing state. Depending on who you talk to. Um, I personally don't think it is. But, um, like, the fact that I, that a gay man yeah. won this quote-unquote swing state that is um, white, middle-class families, um, straight families, most of them. I think that says a lot about Iowa in terms of, like, their openness. Um, I was actually leading a a diversity call yesterday, and I was actually asked a really interesting question uh, when it comes to being gay in college when I had, when I lived in a tiny little town, Versus being gay in Iowa, how do they compare? Um, and I think in terms of like acceptance, Iowa is far and away above above the t- the town that I went to college in. But <laughs> um, in the same sense, the, the the demographics are very similar. For sure, um, very religious, very white, um, straight, you know, Bible thumping, church going people. Yep. Um, and so my, my point to them was like, you know, the the thing about Iowa is I don't, I've never felt, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in my zone here. Like this is where I feel like I flourish the best. Um, but I definitely don't feel the amount of hatred and the amount of, um, that just that feeling of being kicked out yeah. of the state yeah. because you're because you're gay. I don't I definitely don't feel that here where I definitely felt that in college. Yeah. I feel like that is a huge testament to like why Iowa is so um just you never know which way they're going <laughs> to go. You just never know. You don't. I mean we they were uh, oh, actually let me pull pull it up really quickly to so I get the numbers right, but I know we were tr- Trump by 9 points in 2016. Mhm. Um, and then we went Obama twice, but I'm going to pull up the numbers here quick just so I can be, I can be accurate. But, um, so we, we go back and forth. Like, I feel like we were Bush both times, if not both. And at least the second time, um, I feel like they almost weight their, the value of their candidate, not on the party, but on their morality. I feel like that, 
well, per- eh, excuse let's, me. Let's be careful there. Let's <laughs> well, well, just say perceived morality. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I will say, I don't think a lot of people realize this, that um, I will get to this about the 2020 election too, but um, rural, a lot of rural communities are very, very Republican by yes, nature. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a huge part of this state. So like, there's actually not a lot of big quote unquote metropolis here in Iowa, obviously, you have like the Des Moines area, which is obviously the biggest. Yep. Um, you have Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area, which yep. is probably second yep. biggest. Yep. Um, Ames, I think, would Ames. probably fall in next. Yep. But beyond that, you're talking towns of 50,000 or less after that. Yep. And a lot of these voters are own, especially for the rest of the state, own land. And they own, you know, corn and soybeans and pigs and chickens and. Um, if you, they, they have a very different set of needs, I think as voters and how they vote. And so they typically go very Republican because they're looking for tax breaks. They're Mm -hmm. looking for, um, more support, I think in terms of international purchases of their products. And, um, whereas, and we'll talk, like I said, we'll talk about 2020 in a minute, but, um, I think that's a huge part of, I think why you have a lot of people in Des Moines, a lot, which are very Democratic. Typically, this area goes very blue. Yes. But then the rest of the state goes very red, yep. which it's like half. It's like it's this battle, yep. which is why I think we're, we're we're back and forth so much. Yeah. Uh, case in point, in our in our U.S. congressional district where we are, um, it's I feel like it's twenty some odd counties. Um, only one county went for the winner last time. And she won the race. Yeah, that tells you kind of how yeah. how different and diverse this, this state is. So Trump won by nine point five and sixteen. Obama won by five point eight and twelve. So like we go, <laughs> we're a wide range. <laughs> yes, I mean you definitely uh, typify the word swing. Yes, we swing a lot. Um, but, um, <laughs> you are swingers here. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I honestly feel like a lot of, and I don't know if you'd agree with this, but. I feel like a lot of that decision is based on voter turnout. It's voter turnout. It's it's uh, it's a lot of things. I mean, it's how you feel about the candidate. It's what the candidate did to connect with you. It's um, it, it's just a lot of things. I think play into all of those things. What, what I'm just what thinking, happens. even the the governor race that ran last time between Governor Reynolds and. Fred Hubble. Thank you. Yeah. Fred Hubble. Um, like, that was nail-biting close. It was nail-biting close. Um, like, I was, I didn't know really who won. Even after a couple days, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> um, so, yeah, in o- Obama won by 9.5 in 08, and Bush won by 0. 0.7 in 2004. So, yeah. uh, definitely, we, so tend we, went. Pick, we tend to pick the winners, though, looking at the last four times. So, All right, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> um so I'm going to ask one of the questions from one of our followers. Sure, bring it on. Uh, any advice on how to handle split political views in a relationship? Now, luckily, this time around, we're on the same side. So um, it's really funny because whoever asked this question, um, how how poignant, because typically Richard and I, was like, that's where he's going. 
um, we're on the opposite side of the aisle. Not that Richard is by, he is nowhere clear. He is nowhere <laughs> near. A, I don't want to hate. I don't want to hate. Comments. No, he is nowhere near a Republican. <laughs> I actually think if anything, he's probably the truest centrist that you can meet. He's very, very purple. Um, and so I think when we do disagree, it's his centrist side rubbing up against my, uh, AOC liberal side. Oh <laughs> um, and so it's, I, we, yeah, we've I, definitely had many disagreements. And, that, I, and I don't foresee us ever having, so like I saw some stuff today where like there's couples who have like a Trump sign and a Biden sign in the front yard. I don't foresee us when we get to November ever being against each other. No. Um, I mean, it could happen. I think if you get to a point where there are two really awesome candidates who genuinely would be good for the country. I mean, if the there were two Pete Buttigieg's, we yeah, would probably, it, it, we may be on separate sides. Um, and I think... I think we were edging to not support the same person in the caucus for a while, um, but it didn't happen. We ended up supporting the same person, which yeah, and it's I mean th- that was sheer. Uh, so you were that was you were Buttigieg for a while, yeah, I'd been and I was while. very anti Buttigieg for a while because <laughs> I didn't like how he was phrasing things. I didn't feel like he um, understood some of the the racial relations that have happened in this country. And then I heard him talk on an NPR uh, show yeah. one morning and I honestly, I don't even remember what it was about, but I just remember this feeling on the drive on the way to work being like, Oh my God, he gets it. And I, I don't know why it clicked at yeah. that moment, but I went in and I, then I started like listening to these other interviews he did and these other like podcasts. And I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do. I think Richard's always right. No, I do. I certainly do not. Um, but to answer that person's question, I think you have to be able. And I think this probably goes beyond politics, but you have to be able to talk without necessarily being offended by that person. Yep. yep. Um, there are things that Richard says when we'll talk about politics that piss me off. And I'm like, you are fucking idiot. Like, that's what I'll be thinking in my head. And then he's probably true, thinking folks. the exact... Uh, yeah. And then he'll, he's thinking the exact same thing about me. However, that doesn't necessarily change our relationship. It doesn't change how I view him as a person, how much I love him. Um, I think, honestly, if he was a Trump supporter this time around, not that he would ever be, but if he were, I would probably be, be asking someone else the same question. I would have a I would have a very very difficult yeah. time yeah. being around you yeah. truthfully yeah um, and so I mean I totally get that I, maybe we're just lucky enough to let we can agree to disagree and know that it's okay yeah but and I and I really hope um, upon all hope that this is the only time in our lifetime where we have two candidates who are com- like not even close not even on the same spectrum of of um, kindness and humanity and so my hope would be that if we had a candidate in in 12 years two candidates in 12 years where i was on one side you were on the other but they were decent people that that would be okay right because i think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest i mean upon many which we don't need to get into it's too far down the we're at the end now so um i think it was a good answer for so, for him yeah it's not I, it's not easy but well and you know, it's it's okay. Like I think sometimes, and we we've I don't know if we've actually ever had to say this to each other, but like it's okay to not be on the same side. Yeah. Because, and I was actually saying this yesterday in in the in the the group that I was leading. It's we we bring a different life experience and a different perspective to every situation we're mm-hmm. in. 
be it work, Certainly. family, political, whatever. We all have a different lens. And so Richard may see something from a Democrat that he likes. And I was, and I may think because of my life experience, it's too, that is way too far, you know, left for me. <laughs> You're going to, you know, blow the budget by doing that or something. Um, th- so I think there's also just a piece of this that is recognition of one another that's just like, hey, you know what? I don't know what led them to, to this that choice. Right. And that's okay. It doesn't change the fact that I love them. But I, need but it, to- I think that's an opportunity, though, whether it's a friend or a, or a <clears throat> significant other in that situation to find out the why. You know, why do you actually feel that way? And, and just so you can understand, there's so much value in understanding someone's, someone's uh, place and position. Um, and how they got there. Um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I've, I've evolved on a ton of issues for a variety of reasons. Um, some of it just because I took the time to understand more and sometimes because I gained a new life experience and it's like, oh shit, now I have a little bit more perspective that I didn't mm-hmm. have before, you know? So I think there's value in that. I mean, truth be told, um, <clears throat> I am... I don't, I, I, you don't need to say this, but I, I don't know if this person is an LGBTQIA plus person. Um, but if that person who's writing this question is, and um, they are in a relationship with someone who also is, and I, I personally, in this current election, am struggling to understand how someone of that community, of our community, can feel like Trump has their best interest in mind. Uh, Leave aside all of the abuse and all the sex scandal crap and all of the, you know, the shadiness of Russia and all this other stuff. Strictly things based off of LGBT rights and human rights. I don't see how a gay person, lesbian, bi, however you want to define that, can support someone who is willing to take away those rights. I don't understand that. People try. I've engaged with several people on Instagram saying, "Can you please try to like tell me what you see that I don't?" And all of it has always been, "Well, he's going to lower my taxes, or he's going to put tariffs that are going to make me more money, or he's the only one to get the economy on track." Like it's stuff that doesn't speak to the fact that they could be losing the rights that they've been given so far. Sure. So, and I would want to rephrase that last line. Yes, we've we've been been finally legally granted the rights that were always ours. Should have been always ours. Yes, <laughs> um, we're not recognized, but yes. Yes. So, just wanted to clarify that. Point so anyway, there. that's just yeah. my personal venting on how <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, I have blocked all Trump voters. I have specifically put out polls on my like Instagram and stuff to ask who people are voting for, so I can block people who say Trump. I just I. I don't think you can call yourself a, a, a self-respecting member of this community and or an ally of this community and support that person. And you and I disagree on that, but so that's okay. See, there you go. Disagreement already. Uh, next question comes from Adam on Twitter. This is real. I'm curious what you say about this. And I, cause I have an answer. I've seen, I saw this question a couple hours ago. Oh, great. Do you think it would be a solidly run campaign if a presidential candidate or a position close, didn't do any attack ads, only positive. Here's what I bring to the table and all of the ads and mailings. Do I know what's the question? Do I think it would be a solid campaign? Yes. 
I guess I would need to know what solid campaign means. Fine. <laughs> because, again, a lot of people can define that a lot of different ways. Do you think someone running a campaign like that can win? In this, in this moment that we're in, in the place that our country is in right now, I do not think a person running a solid positive would win. But don't you, I've not, and I just, I'm, I don't pay a whole lot of attention at this point, but I don't recall seeing a negative Biden ad put out by him. What do you mean? Like him running a negative ad against Trump. Oh, I see. They're out there. Okay. I've definitely I, seen them on TV. From him? From Biden, yes. Okay. It says at the end, I am Joe Biden, I approve okay. this message. Right. Um, they're definitely out there. I think they're more factual based off of like quoting things he is saying, yeah. but it is an, it is an attack ad okay. on right. the policies of President okay. Trump. Right. Um, again, knowing where our country is right now and the person who's in the office, I don't think you can have a positive hey, campaign I, yeah, win. I don't... I, yeah, I don't think you can now, but I think I I, I hope that you can. Um, I mean, I uh, we've talked a lot. Our friend Nick is running for the race that I lost, and he had another attack on him today. On a, he saw it on a Google ad, and he sent it to me. And uh, he is he's a left center person, uh, much like myself. Um, and it's it's like all red with a picture of uh, Alexandria Casio Cortez and. Uh, Bernie Sanders and himself, not real pictures. There's like three cutouts. And it says, Nick Miller, liberal extremist DC values. And he's a guy who runs a super small business here in Polk City, Iowa. Um, he's going to go to law school. Like he is not like, it's just insane that they do this, but this is, this is all they can do right now is, is stuff like this. So I also think that take it, take the idealism out of a positive campaign or the desire to have a positive campaign and look at the human psychology of what people react to, what they engage with. And not only, not only on the, the the receiving end. So like me looking at, you know, CNN's Twitter, uh, you know, feed, but more so even on the media side of things, what stories are they likely to pick up? You know, it's going to be the little bit more, um, I don't, Dramatic. I don't want to say that's probably not the right word, but like eye catching, ear catching things that are going to be like, hey, what? Yeah. And it's usually going to have a tone of negative in it because that's what human nature has been trained. And that's why they work. Right. Even if it's not true, even if it's unfair. Correct. And so I don't, knowing that, I think we would also have to have a shift in, um, not only the ads that are getting put out, meaning non-negative, but we would also have to have a shift to the American people having an understanding of education about on, and educating themselves on yeah. issues, yes. and then also shifting the way the me- what the media chooses to respond to also in, true. in terms of like ads like that right. one you were just talking about. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of factors in a, a quote-unquote campaign being successful and positive because it's not... You ran, you, Richard, ran a po- very positive campaign as an independent. Mm-hmm. You never said a negative pers- never I, uh, negative thing. I did. And we did. <clears throat> we, we ran an ad that wasn't negative, but it was also not, like, it had scary well, it music. Like, it had... It wasn't rainbows and poodles. No. That's not a positive ad. No, but it, I think there's a difference between a negative ad and 
a factual. I mean, it was one hundred percent factual. Everything, and it wasn't even like hyperbole in the ad that we ran. It was fact. Yeah. Um, whereas the the ad that ran against Nick, like it, they were taking they were taking uh, two tweets and completely distorted the meaning behind the tweets yeah. because you can do that. Um, so it's it's hard in this day and age. Um, I think you can run a positive driven campaign like Biden's running right now. Like you hear his radio ads right now, and it's it's all I, I'm, I'm going to be an American president, an American moment. We're going to. But let, let me th- challenge that for a moment. I think it's they they are positive, and he is putting out positive because all he's hearing from the other side yes. is all negative. Yes, and so while. I like to think that Joe is wanting to run a positive campaign. I think he's smart enough, and as well as his campaign managers are smart enough to be like, you know what, this is not about being positive. This is a strategy to look the opposite of Trump. 100%. It's a it's 100% um, to get people to believe that we're going to calm this ship down. We're going to right this ship. We're going to dump the water off the mm-hmm. side of this ship so that we can make it to the next generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know... Uh, Joe was never my first pick. I wanted Pete for a lot of reasons, um, and I think watching the uh, the the Senate hearing yesterday on social media um, was case in point. Like, I want leaders who understand the world we live in today, and you have people asking questions who don't even understand the questions they're asking. Cough, cough. Ted Cruz. Yes. Cough, cough. Um, <clears throat> whereas a guy like Pete. Or anyone who is a millennial or even the generation, whatever, the Gen Y, whatever, is the one older than us, um, it, it, they live in today's world. And, and that's one thing that Joe doesn't bring, but Joe brings that stability. He does have 50 years of experience. And, and Obama actually said something. It was in an ad that I saw on YouTube the other day. He was, it, was, um, it said that every time I had an Oval Office meeting, Joe was the last person to leave. Meaning they were always talking about mm-hmm. what that meeting was just about, and that that one kind of hit me. I was like, okay, like that mm-hmm. shows you, like he wasn't just a a East Wing VP, no. like he was an active VP, and um, you know, he's he's yes, he's made mistakes in his life, and he's owned up to them, and Who I saw hasn't? yeah, and I saw another thing on Facebook today that they were dredging that shit up, and people are like, he has apologized. What do you want? Yeah. If you want a perfect person, we will never have another person lead this country or yeah. any country. I mean, but again, it's those ads that work. They, they do so, plain and simple. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the people listening to the to this episode know that we're not Trump supporters. <laughs> we are not. I think that's pretty clear. But so I actually I was driving today after I dropped off <laughs> Kennedy, and I was thinking, so this, this will be our fifth um, presidential election that we're able to vote in. Um, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't didn't realize that many until like... God, we're old. Yeah. Um, But so I've done 60% Republican and 40% Democrat now. Um, What was the first one? Our first one was 2004. Bush and Kerry. Okay. We were still in college. Yeah. I was Bush, Bush, Obama, Obama. Hillary. Hillary. Wait. Yeah. No, you couldn't have done Bush Bush. You did Bush. Oh, you're right. Because it would have been 2000. <laughs> yeah. If you voted then, we have a different problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you were Bush, Obama, Obama, Hillary, Biden. Yes. So you're one and four. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, one and four? One Republican, four Democrats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And up until Trump, I always chose the winner. Yes. And I was not that good. I'm 50-50 uh, right now. No. 
No, I'm 25% right now. <laughs> and depending on how you look at it, I still chose the winner with Hillary. Because she had more She did. More votes. Yeah. So don't get me into that. We're like, not going there. College. That is not today's conversation. It's bullshit, but whatever. Um, so, uh, needless to say, yeah. wherever you live, if you're in the States or in, the, in another country, here in Iowa, we're, we have a competitive U.S. Senate race. Um, we're obviously competitive on the presidential side. I'm, so I'm kind of just as anxious for that Senate race as I am the presidency. Well, because it's, it's a big deal for us in the state, obviously. But then nationally, if they, the Democrats only need a couple, couple of swings to retake control of that chamber. And I've never been one. Let me take it back. In 2000, I was super excited when Republicans had control of everything. Because it was the first time it had happened in like 50 years that they had control of everything. Um, so it was a big deal. Um the, I, I, I want it to happen this time. I don't necessarily agree with some of what the Democratic Party platform has, but to what I just said, like, I firmly believe our country needs to pump the brakes yep. and, you know, get an oil change and... Well, and <laughs> reverse course on a couple things. Yes. Um, and uh, that could be a big part of that. So anxious about that one. Um, one, th- one thing that I told you a couple, maybe it was about a week ago... Regardless of the party or regardless who you who vote for, which it better, God damn it, you better be voting for Biden people. Um, but the record numbers, because of COVID, yeah. the record numbers of submitted ballots this time around is unreal to yeah. me. There's one county in Texas, actually, um, where they have already exceeded the total vote total the last time around with their early early voting. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I think Iowa has, uh, I heard something on NPR, maybe it's either they, I feel like I'm going to get this wrong and people are going to call me out on this <laughs> podcast, but I feel like NPR said today that Iowa has already surpassed their total votes last time with mail-ins this time. I don't know if they've come in. Maybe it's or sent out. Requ- yeah, I Maybe think, that, I think I've sent them out. Either yes. way. Yes. Um, but then they were saying uh, North Carolina has already has has the submissions have already come back. That's crazy to beat their yeah. previous elections numbers. I was like, that is mind blowing because I guarantee you a lot of them are Democrats. Democrats vote early, and so the amount of people uh, that are probably going to be going to the polls. On top of all of this, I'm really excited to see like the total numbers. But I forgot to tell you, there's this uh, coworker of mine. She went to go early vote downtown yeah. here in Des Moines. Yeah. Four and a half hour yeah. wait. Yeah. Four and a half hours. Yeah. In the cold. Uh, we're going at the butt crack of dawn. Yeah. We'll be there early. Oh, we're we're going to have to drop Kennedy off as soon as that door opens at daycare. <laughs> uh, goodness. Yeah. But I just, I, that's so cool to see. That's so cool to see all of these people finally like doing their duty, yes. using their rights, yes. I guess, to vote. Do you know if your brother's able to vote or is voting? I know he's able to vote. I but. think <clears throat> so. I, th- I think he requested the ballot. Okay. Um, I'm not. And that's all about all I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm assuming he did. Yeah. But he's in Japan. So who knows how that works? Where, so where does he technically live right now? Okinawa. No, but his vote's got to be counted somewhere. Do you know? Oh, Colorado. Like, Colorado. I'm sure. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, anyway, if you uh, are for some reason still on the fence about voting, please do it. I don't care who you vote for. 
It does. It does matter who you vote for. It but, does. Um, just vote and uh, just do it. I mean, so I yes. Uh, it is said usually every four years that this is the most important election. This time it's true. I, what do you mean? Because the other side will say this is the most important election because we have to get the other people out and, you know, yada, yada. Oh, I see. I firmly believe that this time around this will be our, in our lifetime, that this will be the most important election we ever face. This will be the defining, probably, this, yes. of our lifetime, for um, sure. I found myself the last couple of weeks more so lately just just worried about the, the future that we are setting. The culture that we have allowed to flourish, that um, the problems we've allowed to, to happen and what that means for our daughter, what that means for us, what that means for our parents. Um, it, it's, it's been a gut check for me as someone who's been involved in this for 20 years. And uh, I, I, I hope we get this one right. Well... <clears throat> and I've never felt that there's a right and a wrong. Like Obama winning, like well, I wasn't cheering for him, but like I also knew that we'd be okay. Yeah. Right. You didn't question our future. No. With I, that, with that choice, I disagreed with him and I fought with him. But like I was like, okay, like you earned it. You're you're a good person. You're well, and you've, you at least you felt like he genuinely had the country's best interest in mind. Yeah. yeah. Whether you agreed with it or not, it, you, you felt like you, that's what he was. You felt like hundred percent. Yeah. And was it? Um, oh gosh, I feel like. It was either just Biden just said that about someone, or they were referencing a John McCain. Biden at his funeral. Biden, Biden That's got up there was, and he's yeah. the, the caskets in front of him, and he takes off his glasses or whatever, and he says, uh, "Hi, I'm Joe Biden. Uh, I'm a Democrat, and I love John McCain." Well, and that's not what I'm thinking of. Okay. But there was someone else saying that, um, and I think it was probably John McCain that was saying this, but and it is. I think he was talking about Obama actually. Okay. Where, you know, they were bad-mouthing Obama for being an Arab yes. or whatever they were Muslim, saying. Muslim, yeah, Arab, um, yeah. And, which is complete bullshit. Fuck, yeah. And fuck. even if he was, who cares? Arabs are awesome people, so fuck him. Um, he said, you know what? The thing is, no, he's not. But, and then they started to bad-mouth Obama, and he was like, I'm, he basically said, I'm not going to respond to that. Yeah. Because I know... Obama's intentions. Yes. I know, I know who he is. Yeah. We don't agree on on what, you know how to get there, but we both want to get there. Yeah. And then I was watching West Wing yesterday during <laughs> while I was working, and you know, um, Vinick is one of the characters yeah. running against uh, Santos. Yeah, Santos, who's a Hispanic American. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like, you know, and he even said in that one, I, and this is what made me think of it, but he was like, you know what, we we do not, we agree, both agree of where we want our country to be. We have different paths to get there, and that is 100% okay. Yeah. And I'm not going to fault him for who he is yeah. and, his, and his perspective, because we have, we have the same end goal in mind. Yeah. I think the difference this time is that Biden and Trump do not have the same end goal. No. And that's why it's so defining. Yes. So. Yes. Um, Thank you all for listening to this one. It's it's not uh, our typical episode, but we thought 
the timing was right and we just needed to say some things and we're gonna have pizza we'll have on pizza. Tuesday. Did you tell everyone? You tell everyone what we do on. Have we never said that? I don't know. So Steve started it on his own uh, eight years ago um, when we lived in New York. He we've always made homemade pizza, um, and back then he made a flag pizza. So he dyes the blue portion of the flag blue, uses the sauce to make the stripes, um, and then oh, uses uses the pepperonis to make the stripes. Uses pepper, sorry, uses the pepperoni to make the stripes. Uses cheese to make the white part of the stripe, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, uses pepperoni on the stars just for the stars as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that. That'll be Kennedy's first American flag pizza. It's only every four, year, four, every four years we, we do that. We only do it once every four years. Yep. So. so we'll do that. Um, we'll be eagerly watching our, our friend Nick's campaign. We'll be watching all the state races. We'll be watching the federal race. So if you want to send us a message on the Instagram or the Twitter, we will be up <laughs> as late as it takes probably. So Yeah. I mean, we may, we may not. The thing is, people need to brace themselves that it, we may not even have an answer for a couple yeah. days. Yeah. So, well, guys, thanks so much. Uh, like I said, please vote if you haven't. Please make a plan to get out there. The lines could be long. Um, so, make plans. I know of a lot of employers who are letting you go and letting you do what you need to do. So, um, make that plan and get out there. And uh, we will be sending prayers for our country in the next week. So, um, hope you guys have a great week. Um, enjoy the voting as much as you can. I know it's oh, it's not very fun at this point, but I always find it kind of exciting. To you know, go in there. So the, the I'll end with a thing from the West Wing. Um, now, I think it was one of the first times they did an election on the on the show. They were sitting on the on the stoop. They're having a beer. I think it's Josh who says, "Every two years we get to overthrow our government, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, we are tossing them out if we don't like them." Yeah. And there's going to be, hopefully, <laughs> there's no guns in the streets, there's no tanks in the streets, and we're going to do this the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my hope and prayer that, and, that yep. I mean, we're, we're overthrowing, some people are going to lose their jobs next week, and that's the way it's supposed to go. Yep. So. All right, guys, have a great election week, and we will talk to you in a couple with after the results. Adios. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this show and this podcast. We love doing it. We love putting it together. If you would, please do go follow us on Instagram. We are at Richard and Steve or on Twitter if you would like at fuck is our mantra. And if you really like this, please tell your friends about it. That's how people find us. That's how we get to spread, you know, our stories and our message of, of positivity and inclusiveness and just living life to the fullest. So please do that. And finally, Please leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Five stars if you really, really, really fucking loved it. And four if you were kind of like, yeah, it was kind of funny and I'm going to come back next time. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and we'll chat with you soon.